This is Secrets to Win Big, your roadmap to sustained growth. Brought to you by Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, brand whisperer, top brand growth driver, and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. Find him at zenmango.com. And now, here's your host, Arjun Sen. Welcome to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. I'm Arjun, welcoming you to this edition of Secrets to Win Big. Winning is fun, but winning big always puts you on a path to long-term sustained success. In this podcast, you'll hear from leaders from all around the world and all walks of life sharing their secrets, their individual path to win big. Today, it's truly an honor to welcome my VIP guest, Blaine Hurst. Blaine Hurst, recently retired CEO of Panera Bread, a four-time fast casual mover and shaker, is one of the highest impact restaurant leaders of recent times, leading two of the largest restaurants in the country. As CEO of Panera, he led the team that revolutionized guest experience through technology, Panera 2.0, rolling out the largest loyalty program in the industry, My Panera online ordering, rapid pickup and delivery from 2010 to 2015, and grew Panera's catering business to be the largest in the nation. As president of Papa John's in the 1990s, he oversaw its rapid growth from 450 stores to 3,000 in US and nine international markets, In 1998, he rolled out the first online ordering system available nationwide for any restaurant chain, which today generates more than a billion dollar annual revenue for the brand. Blaine was also a partner with Ernest Young and founded one of their two research centers, the Center for Information Tech, Planning and Development. Today, Blaine is the vice chairman of Panera Bread. He's a board member of Women in Food Service Forum, a board member for Oath Pizza, and an investor advisor for Shepherd Hotel, a hotel project in Clemson, South Carolina, that has partnered with Clemson Life in employment of individuals with special gifts. Blaine's son, David, a special gifts young man of 32, inspires much of his work. Blaine, it's truly an honor to welcome you. Thank you for joining us today. My pleasure, Arjun. Happy to be here. So, Blaine, I just want to first go back to the 25 years of amazing success and every time you have built amazing teams. You know, but the common thing what I have noticed is every time you did not take the path which was already there, you chose paths of success through breakthrough innovation. And each innovation changed not only the direction of those brands, but also the industry forever. So I just want to come right away and ask you, Blaine, what is your success to finding new big breakthrough innovation opportunities? It's, uh, you know, as I think about it, that's a somewhat difficult question to answer. I've thought through a pro, I mean, we've thought through process, we've thought about how do you go about it, but I think it starts with, I don't like things the way that they are. I'm always not happy. I always want to figure out a better way to do things. I hate inefficiencies. I hate things that don't work. 
And so maybe talk about it a little later. It's I am wired to be dissatisfied with everything. So all right, maybe that's the, the key to it. But it really starts with, you know, how do you figure out what do you do? I think it starts with listening, asking, listening, asking, listening, asking. I think there's a lot of time we spend in consumer research. We do all this work, and that's very valuable for big brands. But I actually think it's okay to put yourself in the perspective of the consumer and say, what don't I like about this? Why is this hard? And what could I do to change it? I think the really hard part, though, and I think the part that we have gotten right a few times is deciding what matters. There's a lot of good ideas out there, but figuring out which one of those ideas will make a difference is one of the hardest things that to do. And I'm not always sure we get it right, but sometimes when we get it right, it actually does work for the consumer. I, I think you, the, the next steps would be, for me at least, is You've got to figure out what that, I call it architect a vision. It's not simply let's draw something on a piece of paper. It's really taking the time to think it through what is going to make a difference for the consumer. It's always about for the customer, for the target, what is going to matter to them in terms of their customer journey. And coming up with a vision for that or an early rendering for that is so important. In fact, I like to say architect a little because you don't want to overdo that because you spend all your time on it and then work like hell. Because I think it's both the architect and the work, the architecture and the work that makes a difference. When I start, I normally start with a little bit of prototyping because I've got to, I don't know that I've got it right and I need to continually learn and listen and then go into some type of a testing process and then iterate. Again, I describe it as architect a little, work like hell. But I also think a lot of times we get so caught up in the grand vision that we don't make any progress. You know, there's this old saying that everybody says, don't boil the ocean. I add a little twist to that. I say, don't boil the ocean, but start with a cup of tea. Because I think sometimes we get so caught up in the big vision, we don't learn along the journey and this iterative process of starting out with that vision, prototyping, testing, iterating, that's how it really works. Uh, I don't see how you can pull it off without following some process like that. And I will say, though, the most important step, the very most important step is figuring out what matters. Hmm. So you know, at what point do you realize you have pushed this enough, like on the risk scale? How far do you go to really make this a breakthrough idea instead of going from iPhone 11 to iPhone 11.12? How do you take it to iPhone 14, iPhone 15? Like, how do you take it to the edge? Well, obviously, I know nothing about how Apple works, but uh, we did do some, a lot of work with them. But I think it's, I think for, for the projects that we have been on, it is, there is this iterative process of continuing to make it better. Mm -hmm. But I think in that process, you're always looking for steps of innovation that are major jumps. And I don't know. There's that creative spark. I mean, you know, you know, marketing people, you're one of those guys who I can't do what you can do. I cannot do what you can do. But what I can do is listen to what your advice and counsel is, because there are people who have that creative spark that can see two or three steps in advance. I actually don't. I think that's in the human. I don't think that's something that you can programmatically achieve. 
but it's about the people you surround yourself with. It's about the people that are on your team. It's about the consumer you interact with. And it's always listening to off the wall ideas. You know, great ideas are not born simply because I listen to how do I make it 10% better. It's the crazy idea. You go, huh, that won't work. Wait, 20% of that will work. Well, no, maybe 30. Well, maybe we can get 80% of the way there. And it's those breakthroughs that don't necessarily come from you. If you're a leader, you're not going to have all the ideas. That's, that's insane. But it's literally about listening to the people that are on your team, your customers that are part of your, the group that you're targeting. It's always, it goes back to listen, ask, listen. So you talked about listening and you talked about team. You know, in the path of innovation, everything is unknown. How do you build the right team that will take the, you know, the brand to the goal of breakthrough innovation? Building the team is probably the most important step and probably the most challenging step. Uh, I have a couple, a couple thoughts on that. I, I, I think you've got to first and foremost unbound a team. If they're the innovation team or they're focused on innovation, you've got to take constraints off. And in fact, um, I did some work when I was at the Center for Information Technology Planning and Development back in the, in the 80s. We studied projects all around the country. What we found is that any project that was labeled a strategic project failed. These were technology projects at the time. You say, why is that? It's because the people who are assigned to the team tend to represent their departments, particularly in large companies, versus there are no limits. You now are now part of the team. And I think that it's so critical that core team understands that there are no rules other than to achieve the mission. We can work through anything. You can try anything. You can experiment. You can learn. But as long as it's in pursuit of, of the mission. I also, I think, number one, it's getting a group of people who are fully committed to the mission. It starts with what matters. It, it is clear definition of what the mission is. And then it's releasing people to extend beyond what they think is possible. I also think that includes failure. We all know that failure is part of any innovation. We've heard that for years. But I, you know, I actually believe that there's smart failure because it's failure in per aggressive pursuit of a mission. And then there's dumb failure. And dumb failure often occurs because we are representing departments versus representing the mission. I think third and finally, I think building a team, there is no such thing as a perfect team. Uh, any phase of any project, I've never been associated with a team that was perfect. In other words, everybody on the team could do everything and they were just perfect. And there were almost godlike entities walking across the face of the earth. It's actually finding, it's actually taking that imperfect team and helping them to accomplish more than what was possible. A, a, a colleague of mine who, who worked with me for years, uh, Brad, he just was amazing at getting to, I call him the fastest guy to 80%. A lot of people didn't understand what I saw in Brad because Brad wasn't a finisher. He didn't button everything up nice and perfectly. What he did was find a way to break through any obstacle and get things going and get things started. I'll guarantee you there are many people who look at Brad and say, why do you think so highly of him? I'm going, you don't understand. He is the fastest guy at 80%. He puts everybody else to shame. I can work with that. When I think about my team at, at the, the Shepherd Hotel and the restaurant that we're working on for that, 
The team will be comprised of 60% people with what I call special gifts, not special needs, because it's finding the gift in those individuals and figuring out how to deploy that gift in a way that accomplishes the mission. That's the most important thing that my job that I can do in my role. I think that's so true with everybody, with every team, because there is no such thing as a perfect team. Hmm. So if you have joined late, you're listening to Blaine Hurst. Blaine, recently retired CEO of Panera, is one of the highest impact restaurant leaders of recent times, leading two of the largest restaurants in US. And what Blaine just shared with us is, first, unbound the team, take the constraints off, no rules, and the reason most or many a time strategic projects fail is because we have our loyalty towards the department or the functional area instead of the mission. And getting people to commit to the mission and putting them in a no rule, just have to get there, is very important. So Blaine, looking at you know, today's reality with the COVID pandemic, how does innovation change or does it change in this current world? You know, it's, it's, I think that innovation is actually the same. I actually think what's changed is what matters. And I go back to the earlier discussion. We, it, the world has changed. It used to be, you know, on-premise in the restaurant world. It used to be on-premise. It used to be, you know, how do I make my dining rooms? Uh, fancy and make people feel good about it and have high-end design. All that probably still matters, but it doesn't matter as much as, as my sense of feeling safe as a consumer. It doesn't matter as much as the delivered quality of my food. So for example, used to be delivery in many restaurants were just a small piece of the business. Today, it's a huge piece. So do I think about my menu in a different way that actually enables higher quality delivery of the food? How does it affect my packaging? So I go back to, I actually think that it's not about the innovation process. We have to rethink how it, what, what matters to the guest in this future state. You know, I, I often say everybody hates change except a wet baby. <laughs> um, but a crisis changes things. And we have no choice but to change. And how do we adapt to that change? It's about rapid innovation. It's about quick thinking. It's if you want to win post-COVID, the world has changed. I mean, we know that it's changed. There'll be a percentage of consumers working from home that's never worked from home in the past. Uh, we'll be out and so, and you say, well, wait a minute, that'll all be over, right? As soon as we have a vaccine. I don't know. Consumers develop habits. And once those habits are set, they don't change them very frequently. Yeah, there'll be a few people to do, of course. But uh, that, that will just kind of go back to their old ways. But most people are thinking about the world differently. And I think we've got to rethink as brand managers, as leaders, what matters now is different. I think that's the core question. What matters now? So looking at that plane, as we get to the new evolution, what are the most important traits in a leader? And does any of those change as we evolve to a newer world? Yeah, I don't know that they change, at least in my mind, because they've always been important. They perhaps are more highlighted. So I think one, I talked earlier about this sort of sense of dissatisfaction. I think you have to, as an organization, create a culture of dissatisfaction. 
everybody, culture, a true culture that people are saying, whatever we're doing today ain't good enough. We can do better. And part of that is that constant ongoing innovation, because again, there is a limited number of breakthrough ideas that matter, but there are a lot of small ideas that actually matter over time. So this culture of dissatisfaction where we're never satisfied with anything is very important as a leader, creating that culture. Knowing what matters, being able to select what's important from what's just a good idea. We have lots of good ideas, but being able to select those things that really matter, funding, leading, setting up the charge, creating the teams around what matters, I think is another core characteristic of a leader today and as of the future. I think, again, understanding that we don't have perfect teams, finding the gifts in others. What are they good at? How do I deploy my resources, my team, the people, people have committed to me that have committed to my brand in ways that, that help me achieve the mission? Because just because I have a title or just because one of my team have a title doesn't mean they're the right person for that particular job. Because I've got to understand people at a deeper level than simply a resume level. I think I, I, another key, uh, one of my favorite little books is called The Leadership Secrets of Attila the Hun. And in this book, it, it is one of the things, one of Attila's rules, if you will, is that a chieftain, a true Hun, but a chieftain of Huns keep their heads when everyone around them is losing theirs. And obviously, if you think about Attila the Hun, we're not, he's, not, he, he's talking about getting your head chopped off. But he's also talking about being cool, calm, and collected. And I think leaders, particularly in times like today, you got to be fearless. You, you, and you've got to be fearless in leading because it is so easy to think, overthink, double think, triple think. And in a COVID world, there's no time. Uh, in a post-COVID world, there's still no time if we really want to drive innovation. But I think a leader goes beyond just being fearless themselves. They've got to make their team fearless. Your success is defined by your ability to lead your team to the edge and keep everybody on that team. So I think it's very important that we operate nearly fearless. Not, not, I'm not suggesting we are thoughtful and look at risk and manage those risks, but, but we must have confidence to keep leading. And then finally, so one of my most proud moments in Panera ever, in the early, when I was working with Ron Shake, the founder of Panera. I, my official title was the Executive Vice President uh, and Chief Transformation and Growth Officer. And I was, you know, that was a pretty cool title. People always, always asked me what it meant. And I could make up pretty much anything to fit the moment because it kind of meant all kinds of things. But one day Ron in a meeting said, Blaine, I think we should change your title to the Executive Vice President of Getting Shit Done. And I think for me, a leader isn't someone who just talks about what they're going to do or has all these great ideas. A leader is someone who sets that mission, who sets that course, who gets the team in place and then gets shit done. And in the, the world of COVID, the world of post-COVID, time for talking's past, time for getting shit done is here. Wow. So you just are listening to the person who took pride in taking a title. Executive VP of Getting Shit Done. So Blaine, what you shared with us today is the whole culture of dissatisfaction and being fortunate to you know, work for you 
during the Papa John's journey. I also want to share that it was not that you didn't care and you were not recognizing performance. There was that balance that you followed and that helped us all understand that, hey, there's a time to celebrate, but let's not stay there for too long. Let's move forward because bigger mountains have to be overcome, or bigger challenges in future. And Another big aha, what we saw was leadership starts with creating the true culture. And that's the culture where we look at people beyond their resumes just to understand people. And that's what true leadership is all about. So what we'll do is we'll just continue this in a second session. So thank you, Blaine. And thank you all for listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. For those of you listening to this, on Facebook Live, I really appreciate. Thank you. You've been listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, brand whisperer, top brand growth driver, and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. To learn more, visit www.zenmango.com. Share this podcast with your friends and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.